Welcome back. <laughs> We're back. Episode 16 and 17 is with Marcus. Split it into two. Uh, we had to interrupt what we were talking about uh, halfway through our conversation. Because... Um, I ran out of disk space. We ended up banging on for three hours. So it's split into two. Uh, yeah, my friend Marcus, he's a, he's a blogger, writer, activist. He's the founder of uh, the Black Excellence Chronicles. He's written a lot of pieces around race and the, the current US political climate. The N-word. White people touching people's hair. Stuff like that. Um, great guy to talk to. It's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you can find some of the other stuff he's done. At, uh, topic underscore on medium.com. That's his Twitter as well. T-O-P-P-I-C underscore. And then the B-E Chronicles on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, I think, as well. Um, yeah, we recorded it on the brand new campus. Northampton um, so we're not in the soundproof uh, area and the audio echoes a little bit but it settles it settles down uh, five or so minutes in and then the uh, thing comes up but yeah I apologize for being away I'll get more consistent with this and it's been crazy I've moved house and all sorts of stuff but yeah we've got some big podcasts coming up hope you enjoy <laughs> Yeah. They are they are given free time or not free time. They are given like new sentences or whatever, some sort of compensation for fighting fighters. But then when they come out, they can't be a firefighter. Yeah. When they come out, they can't get a job. They and it stays on their stays on their record. That's a new thing they're talking about in California, right? Of trying to reduce the length sure. at which it stays on your record. Yeah, but one thing is just like I don't know. Maybe this is a crazy idea. If you. Um, serve your debt to society why do we still hold it against you yeah once you've served your time it should be over right sure it shouldn't it shouldn't it be i mean i just want to let you know i've turned it on oh that's fine just because that was good, that's good. <laughs> that is true though. but yeah no you're right if i'm looking at this while we're talking you know what i'm doing i'm just adjusting the sound yeah, and stuff um but that, that's the thing that's just you know you've served your debt you've served your 20 years or whatever it is and most of the offenders in prison are non-violent. Um, yeah. They're in there for drug offences, which is not, it's not the prison system's job to rehabilitate uh, drug addicts. No, there's too many of them, especially in the States. Too many of them. It's, uh, it's one in four pass through correctional facilities. Black men, one in eight hum like men, right? Or yeah. something like that. Uh, in America, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, the sentencing disparities between races... Um, and men and women, but the biggest group of people who are now being incarcerated, the quickest rate is women. Um, and it's just, it's, it is simply ridiculous, just with the fact that so many people are in prison. I mean, we've got, in America, we've got more people um, in prison, in parole, on probation than we ever had slaves. Um, and they basically are slaves making num they, uh, number yeah, plates and Victoria's yeah, Secret underwear. Plates, and 
plastic chairs, uh, clothing in some places. Yeah, they make Victoria's Secret underwear. There's oh, a piece I read where they make underwear. I saw a good article. Women's underwear, which is must be awkward. Yeah. As a bunch <laughs> of male prisoners. You get paid, yeah. Uh, which, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's a great way to make money off of... It's, yeah. it's slave, it's, it's slave labour. It's like people have these uproars about Nike or any big sporting companies using sweatshops. Yeah. But then when it happens in your own back garden, yeah. it, it's fine. And it's just like, well, it, it gives them something to do. And actually, speaking about prisons, there is a, right now a prison strike going on in America. Like a guard union? Guards uh, or? No, prisoners. Prisoners, right. They are not doing anything. Uh, and they want better conditions. They want to be fa- uh, paid fairly. Uh, and it's a big deal. But out of fear of like retaliation, they didn't announce um, who would be involved or where would be involved. But there's a few different... Uh, main organisations, I should say, that off the top of my head, I can't remember, who, um, within the prisons, they have made this happen. So mm-hmm. they all be like, we do not agree with what is going on. Yeah. Um, and um, that's it, like striking, like any, for any reason why people strike, they want to get a point across. If we stop doing work, hunger strikes, work labour strikes, um, not leaving ourselves, and you know, that is a pretty dangerous place. I mean, I've never been to prison, uh, but I know people who, you know, have, and it's just, you, there's a power dynamic at play there, yeah. where if you refuse to do certain things, like you will be punished for them. But I guess that's with any like, active change, you know, you have to be willing to face the consequences. Yeah, but I guess their idea is strength in numbers, right? Oh, most definitely. You can't get us all. No, you can't, no way. What are you going to do? I'm in here for life. You're going to make it You're going to add another life on. That's, that's, that's the difference between... I think that's another reason why American prisons tend to be far... I mean, it's violent here. Let's not get it twisted. It's violent here, but there's far more murders in prison in the States than there are here. Yeah. Uh, because would... you're away for life. There is no chance you're ever coming out. Correct. So what, whatever, you just do what you like. One of the biggest reasons why there's... Why so... behave yourself? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if I was in prison, honestly, and someone said to me, hey, so I'm 25, you've got 80 years in here. Yeah, why? Like when I'm 105. Why behave yourself? Um, What's the point? In, a, in an environment where I usually probably wouldn't do things, um, I'm probably going to do those things in order to survive. Because it really is like a kill or be killed environment. Yeah. Um, where. But your life here is 25 years. Yeah. So if I said to you 25 years, you're like 50, it's doable. 50, exactly. I'll right. still be alive when I'm out. Yeah, but that's the thing, our sentencing uh, disparities, our sentencing laws are so strict. And like we said, I think before we started recording, just yeah. how um, you can judge a civilization and judge a society by entering its prisons. Yeah. Like you can see how, how does a society function? And I think about like Norway, one of my favourite articles is called uh, The Radical Humaneness of Norway's Holden Prison. And it talks about how these prisoners in Norway, they have apartments. They yeah. have, you know, the freedom to literally move around, um, to go to classes, to go to schools, um, to better themselves. And they say, why should we lock them up for life when we can transform them and make them back into productive members of society? They should be educated. It should be like forced college. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it should be forced tuition. No, but it, it should we, be forced to learn. It, they are for, You can't just sit there. And the reason yeah. is, 
because they want you to be productive. If more people in society are productive, uh, you know, making, uh, making money, making jobs, uh, creating jobs, first of all, if you've got a good paying job or a decent job, you get paid a paramount, there's really little reason to do crime. Mm-hmm. Most people do Other crime. Other than the sociopaths. Exactly. Yeah. Most people do crime because it's a means to get something. Mm-hmm. For instance, I can't eat, I have no food, I robbed a bank to get money to pay for food, or I robbed a car because I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. If you provide these things, or make it easier to access these things, crime goes down. And we see that in Scandinavian countries. Yeah, uh, We see that all the time in those countries. But in America, that is just not the case. It's like our recidivism rate is so high, I think it's close to 70% of people who go to prison will come back. And That's some of that is because, well, life is better on the inside. I'll get three square meals a day, I get a bed, I can go to the doctors when I want to. There's also the bail system, right? Yeah. So you you come out of the jail, which is the holding, yeah. before sentencing, and then you can get time served or whatever taken off your thing. But you come out of that with a debt to the bailers, which has interest. So whatever happens, you come out with more a need for more money and you went in there because of a need for money that you couldn't fulfill in the first place. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do it again? That's a fair question. So one of the things about like jails is um, a lot of these people are simply being held in jail because they cannot afford the bail. Yeah. Um, you see, but aren't, isn't everyone held together? Uh, so like in a pr- prison is uh, so segregated by violence, right? So you can be a maximum security or whatever, but isn't a jail, so you're just the in there with murderers? Well, it depends on the jail. Like, yeah. So the main difference between jail and prisons are in jail for each um, crime that you are convicted of or like sentenced with, you can only serve up to two years per. So if I had like say uh, Grand Theft Auto and then um, assault with a deadly weapon or whatever, while I was in there and for whatever reason, those are probably not good examples. Yeah. I only got two years for each of them, I'd serve them in a jail. If the judge said to me, okay, for that Grand Theft Auto, you're gonna do six, I automatically go to prison. prison. Prisons are based on, you've got minimum security, uh, medium, maximum, and supermax. Yeah. Supermax is supermax like are the violence. terrorists, and those people are 23 hour lockdowns a day. Like yeah. the classic is uh, ADX Florence in Colorado. It's where the you know, uh, former gang members. Yeah, it's like, like the Aryan Brotherhood leaders. Yeah, Aryan Brotherhood, uh, a few guys who MS-13, used to work with John Gotti. Kind of yeah. uh, those people are there, Unabomber, those people. Uh, Terrorists, yeah. the worst of the worst are there, but they have no interaction with no one. No. Um, then you've got maximum security, which is where you see like Louis Theroux and all those people. So the murderers yeah, are. Yeah, they go yeah. to those ones, and that's where it is. Um, it's horrific yeah. because it is split up um, mostly by race. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's crazy. That's like, the crazy thing. Is like, I always kind of feel, and this is going to sound weird, but I kind of feel in a way for some of those people that are sucked into being skinheads. Oh, definitely. Because you just go in there as a white person, you might not be racist. Like, you might know the guy over there, but he has to hang around with the black guys and you have to hang around with the white guys. Otherwise, you have no protection. Zero. And a lone human is a dead human. Especially that, yeah. And that's the thing as well. I always... (laughs) Speaking of skinheads, like, I... um, I, yeah, like I said, feel for those people because... The ones that you, aren't racist. You, you could have went in there, you know, yeah, of course, yeah, the ones who aren't racist. Some of them are, like, full-on um, racist before they even go. Racist, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's the thing as well, like, it's a means of survival. And yeah. you, as someone who knows psychology, could probably speak about that more than I ever could. 
Um, but it is, you know, you split up black, brown, white predominantly. There's um, two sets of brown, isn't there? Yeah, Northern so, and Southern. Yeah, and then also um, for like, there is a difference between black and brown. So yeah. like black people would be predominantly African-Americans and brown would be Mexican, Mexican or yeah. Latino, Hispanic, mm -hmm. Southern America. Um, and so even the Sereños is the Southern yeah, Mexicans. Yeah, so there, there, there are different um, within like, You've got the Norteños Which and is Serenos. scary because that means that there are so many Mexicans in prison that they can split into two. Yeah. There are so, and white is by far the minority, right? Uh, Which is why they're, I, I saw something the other day, it was about the Aryan Brotherhood, but the reason they are, their violent attacks are so over the top, like they'll stab someone 80, 90 times and then decapitate somebody. The reason they do stuff over the top is because they're outnumbered. Uh, well, it depends on the prison. There are obviously more white people in prison. In certain prisons, yeah. It, the, oh, yeah, no, it, by numbers, it, yeah. Yeah, um, because obviously there's more white people. But I think it, I think it was about San Quentin, San Quentin yeah, San in Quentin. California. Yeah, I believe that. Um, so they, they're just over the top with the violence. So it's like, don't fuck with us at all, because we might be small in numbers, but we all fight. Sounds about sounds And we're crazy. Right. Um, yeah. But it just, again, then you think about it, like what? Everyone knows it happens. Yeah. The guards know it happens. Um, yeah. Wardens know it happens. Criminal justice experts know it happens. So everyone knows this, but no one cares. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, well, let them do them, and we'll do us. But it's kind of it's not talked about, is it? How no, often do really, we talk about the fact that know, there are people right now who are scared for their life, but they can't look like they're scared. Yeah. They uh, have we to, don't speak about you know. it because I think most people. Um, under the assumption in America that it works. Um, most people don't study it, and only those people who have studied it, or know someone who's been impacted by it, or work in it, those are the people who know it doesn't work. There are some people that need to be locked away, though. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure, there are psychopaths and sociopaths. Um, and I think there is, prisons do serve a purpose, just not how they're currently being used. Yes, yeah, but for non-violent drug offences. Non-violent drug offences, you know, uh, for instance, I might have a little bit of weed on me, right? I'm driving, police pull me over. I smell weed, search my vehicle, find it. I could go to prison for 10 years, depending on the state. Yeah. Uh, I could go to prison straight away. Because it's a... It's a uh, you can get 15 here if, with intent to supply. Yeah, see, and they... You can get 6 to 15. Uh, uh, weed is, in America, it is... Uh, Schedule 1. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with LSD, heroin, crack cocaine. Yeah, which is stupid. Um, meth. <laughs> so stupid. All those things which, you know, I'm not a, uh, I don't smoke, mm. um, but I know. Yeah, you know. There is, there is absolutely It has no, no role being there. Yeah, no. Neither does LSD. So um, see, again, never tried it. I wouldn't know. But I mean, that, that's a, that's a, that was a Nixon campaign, right? Yeah. In the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So stop the hippies mm -hmm. by attacking the LSD. Yeah and stop the black power movement by attacking the cannabis. And it's funny because take back even before that, when the Japanese came over, they used to smoke opium. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see it in like old movies, you'll see them out these big long opium pipes dams. Yeah, yeah. smoking, um, criminalizing it. That really backfired for them though with the LSD and the cannabis because the people that dealt the LSD and the can LSD and cannabis in the 60s were hippies. Yeah. So what happened, at, I can't remember where I read this, I wish I could remember but it was essentially when criminal gangs, violent criminal gangs started to get into drugs. And it was around the 60s and 70s time because before then the way they worked was gambling, racketeering, 
protection rackets, prostitution, shaking down shopkeepers, that kind of stuff, theft and, and selling things you've stole. They didn't really get into the drugs. That was a hippie thing. But they're in prison together. And the hippie, and sat around the dinner table, the hippies are telling these guys how much money they've made and how they're only in here for two years, because this was before it was all decriminalized properly, before they threw these massive sentences on it. So it's like, yeah, I've, I've just been selling this plant, grows real easy, and I've made two million this year. And you're telling this, this violent criminal who's now in there for eight years for a, a robbery, and he's like, it's that easy. Like, I, I robbed a bank for $200. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm in here for fucking 15 years. And you've been selling a plant and you've got six months. And you've made a million. So, of course, then they get into that. And now all the contacts. You, you just, basically, it's where you go for criminal networking. Yeah. It's uh, jail. It's a great place. <laughs> if you are a career criminal, that is probably the best place. It's con college. For you, oh, definitely, to go. Um, and speaking about that, like you mentioned about how um, drugs are associated with certain races. Yeah. Um, that's a great one. Like, fast forward to the 80s with crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like potency levels, from what I know, there's really no difference between crack and powdered cocaine. The only difference is with crack, you add baking soda, you add water, you heat it up. And people would smoke it instead of snort it. So yeah. if you smoke anything, that it's is the quickest, hit, way, yeah, quick quickest way to get high, um, quickest way to get stoned, yeah. is to smoke. So in the 80s, um, they saw this, crack babies, welfare queens, all this, you know, Ronald Reagan loved to push the, the war on drugs. Yeah. You see all this stuff, and they criminalized drugs based on race. Um, so crack cocaine, black. Even though powdered cocaine has been used by white Americans, middle class, upper, and lower. Every film you've ever watched, somebody is on cocaine. So everything you've ever read, every building you've ever been in, in construction, it's everywhere. Like, it's all over the place. I, I think about that all the time. Like, you watch like old movies, say like, uh, like a, like a, a Great Gatsby type film or whatever. Everyone in there, cocaine. Yeah, some at some point. Someone in there has cocaine. I'm gonna go freshen up. I'm gonna go powder my nose. That is not a term for saying I'm gonna apply makeup. No. It's I'm gonna go snort something off the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that's the thing. So it's just a matter of where the criminal justice system and the people with power look. Um, there's a good theory, it's called broken windows theory. Right. It's easier to look for crime in places where you know it exists and you can see it out in the open. For instance, amongst blacks and whites, there are almost equal levels of drug use. Yeah, there's a police officer, Baltimore, who's a Baltimore PD. And he was on, he's been kind of excommunicated. I oh, he's the guy on Twitter? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. forgot his name. But he's a, he's a very, he very much speaks like an American police officer. Yeah. Like 100%, like you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Like he very much speaks like a cop. But he is the one who talks about that. He talks about in the meetings it would be like, you know, yes, we could look in the white neighborhoods, but the likelihood we're, we're going to find it in the hood. So we spend more time there. Yeah. So of course we find more people who live in the hood and that, with drugs on them. And, that, and unfortunately, with the institutional racism, whatever, it's difficult for black people to move out of the hood. So that's where we find people. So we end up arresting all black people. And that, perpetrate, that uh, perpetuates the, the, this war on drugs theory that black people use drugs more than whites. Everybody just, uses it's drugs. It's just simply not true. It's equal levels. Everybody. But I'm, not, I'm more likely to go to prison for smoking weed than you are. 
yeah. even though we both smoke. Yeah, that's a, that's Be- a because sentencing issue, sentencing isn't it? issues, yeah, because of the colour of my skin, yeah. um, which is it's just ridiculous. But if they were to go into those white neighbourhoods, and like you said, it's easier to go to the hood, um, predominantly middle class, you know, they have the money for a lawyer, they have uh, the means of the education to probably, you know, reduce that sentence to something very minor. Yeah. Uh, whereas you go into the hood, and you get little Tyrone who's on the corner, you see him every day, you know exactly what he's doing. You snatch him, bring him down, he knows what's going to happen, you know what's going to happen, it's easier. And therefore, okay, well, we took this little weed, weed dealer off the corner, and now he's in prison. Well, guess what? Someone else is going to come along and stand on that corner. It's almost like if you're from the hood, you have to be better. You have to be more well-behaved than the other people do. Almost and it's not, that's, that's where it's not how, fair. How can you behave in an environment that is similar to a jungle? There you go. A friend, that, a friend that, once that, said to me that she, she was given a talk when she was younger by her parents that she was going to have to give to her daughter and her son about how life's not fair in terms of like this white girl in class got this. And it's you're going to have to be better than her to get the same thing that she gets. It's a fact. You have to be um, twice as good as her to get the same job that she gets. If you were to go online... She was told by her mum. Yeah, if you were to go online and go onto Twitter and you know stumble into black Twitter, you would... That's, s- yeah, that's where I live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's where I am. That's where the funniest shit is first, like right. for weeks. And then it comes into regular... Yeah. When I see memes now that blow up, I'm like, I've seen that months ago. Exactly. Yeah. So you go, you go into black Twitter... And for those listening, black Twitter is not just, you know, it's no, not it a natural thing. It, it, but it is real. It is a place. It is a place. It is a thing. But it's not an app. You cannot get black Twitter no, no. <laughs> on the app store. So you go in there and you see people talking about, I had to give my kid the talk. To yeah. most white people, not to a lot of my white friends, the talk is the birds and the bees. Talks about sex. No, this, is how, this is how you have sex. This is you know, yeah, how to do yeah. it safely. All that the talk in a black neighborhood is, Please. hey, these guys out here, they hate you based on what you look like. They will always think like this. You have to be better. You have to conduct yourself differently. You have to um, you know, be more respectful. You need to address people. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Mm. You have to be perfect. Because if you're not, the reality of the situation is that you will either be taken away or you will be punished or, in some cases, be attacked. For and unfortunately, at some point, I'm going to have to have that conversation with my son. Yeah. At some point, I'm going to have to talk to him about, like, uh, Greg Popovich said that. He said, said, I've had these conversations, Tim Duncan's now in his 40s, so Mm -hmm. we have these conversations with these guys. Ginobili's 40, Parker's like 35, so they have grown man conversations with all these guys. And they're talking about having to, to have these conversations with their kids about what to do when the police pull you over. And Greg Popovich says, white people don't have to do that. Yeah. I've never had to tell my children what to do if the police pull them over. Ever. But Tim Duncan has to have that conversation. Here's what you do when the police pull up. My wallet is in my pocket, sir. Can I get my wallet? May I get my wallet? I'm reaching for my wallet. Here is my wallet. My wallet, my wallet is here. Here we go. And here you we can go. still get shot. And you still get shot. You see videos of it. Yeah. And then you, it's, this is a crazy thing. This is, just, this is the mad thing to me. Is that we can watch the same video... Uh, Fernando Castillo is a perfect one. Told the officer, I have a gun. Yeah. Uh, he warned him when he walked up. I have he was a gun. concealed carry, right? Concealed, yeah, allowed. legal. Uh, however, the Second Amendment, I must say, is only for white people. Uh, if, if I walk around the street with a, in an open carry state with a gun, 
I'm most likely going to get There was a video of a guy who was, who must have been an activist because he was doing this as a protest to make a point. That yeah, he's, I can't remember what state it is. It's probably Arizona or some crazy state where you're allowed to carry a M16 or mm. whatever it is, like openly, just around your back, yeah. like Tarzan. <laughs> Only with a rifle. Yeah. So he, he basically, his white friend did that and then no one stopped. He was like, good morning. Oh, was it on the bridge? And then, I think so, yeah. yeah. And then he did it, yeah. and then the police stopped and talked to him. Now, they didn't arrest him or anything, but they, they asked him, and it was the point where this kept happening all day, but they would... And now, he didn't get in trouble with the police, but the issue of the video is that him, they stopped to ask, but they didn't ever stop yeah, to ask it, the white guy. It just... It, that is such a, like a huge issue, obviously, right now. It's a hot issue yeah. about guns in America. Um, but... And like you said, like that's a perfect example. I've seen the same video. And we see videos of people who do have uh, and are exercising their Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Uh, and in states where you can't open carry, they're carrying assault rifles down the street. Um, and you can still get harassed. You can still get stopped um, for it. Why? You yeah. know, like, why? What's the difference between me and him? Probably my skin color. That's the only difference. Um, it's the only difference. And especially when it's staged like that, it's hard to, like, there's really not any other explanation you can really give. Or oh, he looked suspicious, and the white guy didn't. So it, it, well, it, 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 it yeah. goes back to the whole thing of, like, white is, white is right. Like, it, it just, like, stems from that, which is obviously a, a much deeper issue than just who can carry a gun or can you, can you carry a gun or whatnot. My thing is there's a lot of places, that, I mean, America is enormous. Oh, huge. It's really understated just how massive that entire country is. It should be 50-something countries. It shouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's not one giant country. It's, it's an experiment in massive government, and it's kind of not working at the moment. But it's still the biggest, most powerful country in the world. But there are places in that giant country where there are still no people other than white people. Oh, definitely. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about Los Angeles here. There's even bits of California where there's, there's nobody but white people. Yeah, there's every state. You've got pockets that are either purposely still segregated or they just simply are, um, which was to do with segregation anyway. Yeah, so like if it, you're from, it's all to do with segregation. If you're from, I don't know, like Bumblefuck, Missouri or whatever, some <laughs> mid Midwest sort of yeah. whatever place, you know that you might not have any experience with anyone other than what you see in the media and if the media tells you all black people are criminals or mexicans are criminals or rapists and or yeah and that that is the problem with what the president says because there are people who don't know any mexicans so for you to go up there and say mexicans are raped somebody's doing the raping is what he said yeah for you to Mexico, now there are Mexico people sending are rapists, they're rapists and killers now there are people who are saying oh okay so you know juan who cuts the grass He's going to rape me. He's, he's a raper. I don't like, fuck that guy. I don't like Mexicans. You don't know any Mexicans. But You're not friends with any Mexicans. You, you just believe well. in the idiot president with a shit haircut. <laughs> what are you doing? I wouldn't even say it's a haircut. I don't think it's real. <laughs> um, but that's the thing as well. Like People hold these assumptions and uh, it's, it's pure ignorance, mm -hmm. uh, most definitely just ignorant. And it's just like, when I think about it, even it doesn't even have to be like whole cities. I'll tell you a story. When I was 19, I lived with a family friend because my, my family moved to a different state. Yeah. Uh, nice side of town, like pretty well off. Houses, decent. Like mm -hmm. They were nice houses. And um, since I lived there, help her out 
help her out around the house, you know, clean her, whatever. Yeah. And this certain day, we were raking leaves, right, in a garden. I'm raking leaves, and um, the neighbour across the street starts yelling at me. Right. So I had, like, a tiny bit of, like, a builder's bum. I'm raking leaves, right? Sorry. Yeah. Yells at me, screams at me. I'm like, whatever. Take about 30 minutes later, two police cars pull up onto my road. One is at the far end, and one is at the bottom end. And it's almost like, and I'm in the middle. So it's like, they think I'm going to take off or something. Right. So they come over to me, and be like, hey, so we heard you had an incident earlier. I was like, I didn't call the police. Uh, well, um, there was a report that, um, you know, there was like a suspicious person in the neighborhood, and, um, you know, there was a little bit of like a, clo- a clothing malfunction. I was like, no, I haven't seen anyone around here, like, suspicious. And then it dawned on me, like, they're speaking about me. Yeah. And I said to him, I was just like... She's obviously called and lied. I was like, can I, can I know who called? No, 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 we're not going to release no. information. So they quizzed me for about almost an hour and quizzed the, the family friend I was living with. And they were like, so are you guys dating? And we're like, no, uh, I just live here. Oh, well, you know, is this your job? Is this what you do for employment? Are you a gardener? I was like, no, mm. I just live here. And, um, you know, it got to the point where he would ask me the same question and just in a different way. Like, so you're not doing this for free, Like, you do live here, um, but it's just like little, it's just, I'm not making sense of this. It's a little suspicious that, you know, you're out here. And in I, my garden. I was like, in the garden, in the house that, that I, I live. live in, it's weird that I'm here. Yeah. But then it dawned on me, I was only like 19 at the time. And I think back to that. And it was just like, the person who called the police was white. I know it because I've seen her. Um, and it is just that, that typical mindset of a black person is invading this white space. I'm going to use the police to get rid of them. Because historically, they could do that. And as we spoke earlier, you could do that. You could call the police. He touched me, he groped me, take him away. Yeah, Emmett Till thing. Emmett yeah. Till, we, you know, we've mentioned that. Mm. Um, and that, you know, nothing happened. I'd give my name and stuff. But I was so upset afterwards. I was I literally was just raking leaves and the police come to harass me as 19 years old for an hour. They bring two squad cars with four police officers. It's a massive to, waste of resources. To speak to me about raking leaves. I'm not walking around doing anything. I'm in my own garden. And I just think about that all the time. It's hilarious to yeah. me that they brought two police cars for you because I know you. Yeah. It's hilarious that they would Mate. bring two police cars and four officers for you. Like, I mean, what? Mate, I've always been skinny. What are you, you going to do? I was even skinnier. What are you going to beat up for? I, I couldn't imagine you and, attacking police and officers and running them, away. Like, what uh, the fuck? Now that I'm thinking about this, I haven't thought about this for a while. One of them, definitely, uh, I remember this, stood there with his hand on his gun the whole time. The See, whole what time. is he nervous? But that's what's funny to me. Like, what is he nervous about? The whole time. You're not. I was like, I've got a rake. And yeah. what am I going to do? Like, and you're not going to do anything anyway. Rake. Like, what do you. And that's the thing, exactly. Because <laughs> I was so confused that they were even there. But we see this now all over the place in America. Well, that's um, it's getting viral videos now of exactly. ladies calling yeah. the police on little girls selling water, uh, little Mexican girls. That, another one, I think it was, uh, was it Bob Marley's granddaughter? She was checking out of an Airbnb. A lady called the police on them because she didn't return her smile. Police pull up. No, this is no joke. You can watch the video. Uh, police pull up. They <laughs> have, gun, they have guns drawn. And I swear, if I remember correctly, there was a helicopter. Oh, and my God. They pull up and they block off the whole street. And they're like, what are you doing here? We're like, literally, we checked out of our Airbnb. And everyone in the comments is like, well, maybe she's just smile. Excuse me. Let's not, Look, that is, let's not that, blame. That, that is not the right angle whatsoever. First of all, this is just me. 
if I'm checking out of an Airbnb and someone says to me or looks at me and smiles, right, and I don't return that smile, big deal. Like, okay. Most of the time, yeah, sure, I'll smile back, but that is not the issue. The issue at hand is that woman felt, okay, she didn't she didn't return my greeting, she wasn't polite to me, I take that as offence. She's I as think a weapon. She, exactly. As a I weapon, think yeah. that she's up to something. Because mm-hmm. had she have smiled, chances are knowing that would happen. But the point is, it shouldn't have happened regardless. Like, I don't owe you a smile. No. I don't owe you a handshake. I don't owe you anything. I don't even know you. I'm going about my business and you feel, okay, well, I'm going to get her back for this and they use the police. We yeah. see it all the time to remove black bodies from white spaces. All the time. Airbnbs, uh, Waffle House. For Over the summer, this we see it all the time. Waffle House is just... If you're black, do not go to Waffle House, just simply put, because you will probably be carried out there somehow, some way. And it's just. What do you do if you want waffles? IHOP? Or no, it's not I's Burger, right? Oh, yeah, I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is now. (laughs) If you want waffles, make your own at home. Um, But it's just like you see it all the time get removed. Um, You know, I complained about the check that I got, like something was wrong. You're making me pay more. Yeah. Remove me. Um, At sporting events, Mm -hmm. you know. You get in a dispute, remove them. And you see these videos, and I don't need to list off all of them. They did you it to Charles Oakley it. at the Garden, right? Yeah, yeah, he got thrown out. Yeah, He's in the rafters, um, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> His jersey's retired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was 2016 finals. Steph Curry's dad, Del Curry, um, they didn't let him into the arena. They didn't believe he was Steph Curry's dad. That's dumb on two levels, because not only is he Steph Curry's dad, he's also Del Curry, the former NBA player. Uh, yeah, didn't let him in. Like, no, I didn't let you in. Don't believe it. But there was Google there, Del Curry. There was no. <laughs> I, comes right I didn't up. know of any issue of um, you know like any of Steve Kerr's relatives getting hold of. No. I never heard of that. No. I don't know if his dad's still alive, but I've just never heard of it. Um, no. It, it begs the question of like, what is really going on in society? Yeah, it's um, it's terrible. And America is, there's the, the expression that everything's bigger in America. And yeah. then when you're in America, everything's even bigger in Texas, <laughs> right? Yeah. But everything's bigger in the States. And it is because it's a country that was built from the beginning. So you don't have little villages where it's all quaint and horse and carts. Everything was built with cars. So everything's pretty much. Yeah. So everything's giant. Everything's built Huge. with big horses and carts and massive roads. But it's also bigger in terms of anytime you get like social issues it's way more obvious. So corruption is way more obvious in the States than it is here. Like your secret services are way more obvious. Yeah. Everything that happens in the States is way more obvious. The race issues is way more obvious. And that's a funny thing that you say that because I was hoping that we'd get to this uh, because people, obviously, I grew up in England. Yeah, you have an interesting yeah. dichotomy there. You've got both. I grew up in Coventry uh, in Wiking. Like just, I reckon it's like what, middle, it's like middle class. Like yeah, middle, lower. Middle. Yeah, lower middle class. But, yeah. Never had really any issues that I would say, like, um, in the neighbourhood, mm-hmm. really. We knew everyone. Uh, everyone was cool. It's only when I stepped out of where, you know, like, people knew me, that's when I would have issues. Um, but it's funny because, well, I'll get to that in a second, yeah. but it's funny because, like you said, like, everything is bigger in America. It's more obvious mm-hmm. um, for, for several reasons. America's under an interesting limelight right now. There was a spotlight being held on that country. Yeah. So anything that doesn't line up with what should be happening is exposed. Um, 
first of all because of the president and second of all like you said everything's viral these days yeah um is this stuff happening more less not necessarily we're just capturing it yeah um but then also the thing about america is and people always ask me mark you grew up in england now you live in america like which one is worse to live in as a black person and i can't really say like which one is worse because when i lived in england i was I only lived up to the like, time i was 15. yes yeah, so there may be things that you didn't know exactly didn't yeah. notice pretty sheltered about things um and that's just typical 15. And your mum and dad would have protected you from someone, your older brothers. Exactly. Yeah. All these things. But when I moved to America, um, those have been some pretty important years from the time to 15 to 25. That's a lot of growth. Yeah. And the one thing I will say to answer that question is everything that America does, it learned from England. We just do it bigger in America mm-hmm. and it's more overt. So it's... There's always talk about like two types of racism. There's overt racism and yeah. there's covert racism. Mm-hmm. Overt racism is calling the black person an N-word. That's, putting, an, that's put, an American style. Yeah, or, put, or putting like a swastika on, uh, you know, a building. Or LeBron James. You know, someone sprayed yeah. painted his garage and said, you know, put the N-word on it or whatever. So it doesn't matter if you're rich, you can still be a victim. Someone said go home or something, yeah, right? Yeah. But it was in Ohio. Yeah, it was so. ridiculous. Um, I mean, the house was in Akron. He is home. Yeah, exactly. So I always say, like, America is more overt with their racism and Britain is more covert. Like, in England, they will do it with a smile. Will Reed said the same thing when he was on here. Really? Because he was saying, like, you'd get people at work saying, and this might be something that resonates with you, you've probably heard too, someone would say something that they mean as a compliment, but is awful. They would say, like, like, uh, oh, you're black, but I like you. Yeah. Or like, you're all right for a black lad. The classic one is, you don't sound black. Yeah, you're all right for a black guy. Uh, like, know, well, what the fuck does that yeah, mean? Uh, classic. Yeah, well, you're not really black. And I wrote about that in my, one of my first yeah, articles, yeah. Like why I speak on racism. Yeah, you did. Uh, I worked with a lady in America who, um, uh, it's like microaggressions, like, oh, like, can I touch your hair? Yeah, like, things like that. Small thing. things like hair is a huge thing. Hair is a big thing. Can I touch your hair? And then she would tell me how, like, I love black men. Like, I've always wanted to sleep with a black man. And just, but weird things like that that I know she wouldn't say if I were white. No. Right, and it doesn't make it okay um, for her. Do I think she was incredibly racist? No, not at all. She was ignorant. Yeah. Um, but over here, it's just classic. Like you're pretty smart for a black guy. Yeah. It's and like, I was like, excuse me, like you are inferring that black people are not smart, are not yeah. clever. But if you knew anything outside of British or American history, you would see that black people have thrived for millenniums. Millennia. But it's kind of okay to say those things about white people, though, isn't it? You can dance for a white guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I always get, he's white, but he can ball. Yeah, there's a flip side to that as well. Like, I get that. And when it, when I play in Brixton, they don't call me Alex. But they call you white boy. They call me white boy. But at first, it was an insult. It was like, why you, like, why are you here? You, you know this is Brixton, right? You can't come play at the wreck like that. But then it became a term of endearment. Yeah. And now, because then it was like, I'll pick white boy first. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and, and I, I, I actually don't mind. I'm not offended. It's kind of nice. And I've got called white well. chocolate. I've got yeah, like all sorts of silly yeah, things like that. Famous street boy. Yeah. Like. And that's the thing as well. Like, I think about that. It's like, like I said, it's overt, covert. But on the flip side of that, um, Brixton, heavily black place. You're a white guy going into a black space. Yeah. That's why yeah. it never offended yeah, me of, of because course, I understand I mean, like, where are, that came from. Exactly. And that's the thing as well. I'm not saying like it's fine to be like, hey, white boy, like, I I personally would not do it. No. I'd just be like whatever. I don't care. But also, in a place like that, they probably have a few different viewpoints compared to uh, you know other places where it's a bit more diverse. But I get it. And that's the thing. Exactly. I understand it. it's the defense mechanism. Exactly. And I get it. I understand the reservation in meeting me. So I've been introduced as he's white, but he's cool. 
Yeah. And then their their attitude changes. People change. Their interaction with white people probably throughout their life has been, has been negative, negative, which is what I understand. Which is why it's okay to say those things to white people at the moment. And that, and in a hundred years, it might not be. A hundred yeah. years, it might just and be. And that's the thing for me as well. Is like when I think about these people who say, "Oh, you're black. You're smart for a black guy," or yeah. like you you dress well for a black guy. You know, it's just now, like that these are people who have been surrounded by black people. They are not. You know, they don't live under a rock. Mm. These are people who fully function in society. And for me, like, there's no excuse. Like, I know what you're saying. Like, you're saying that I'm clever. My race shouldn't have anything to do with it. Nothing However, like, a lot of the times, like, being smart or being clever is associated with being white. Um, for the longest time in, in America, in here, in England, it is just like, oh, smart is white and, you know, dumb, like, savages. They don't really know what they want. Animals has been attributed, and that's the first step in like dehumanizing people. Yeah, just to make them not human. Yeah, you see it uh, in Nazi Germany. That's how it started. Yeah, that's that's like what you mean when you, you were talking about your, your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the Germans were nice people yeah. to him. Yeah, but you you can create you can make the Jews appear as though they're not human. Correct. So they ended up being treated they're like pigs, shit. Uh, they deserve yeah. to be slaughtered. I mean, this in society we everything. Um, you know, unless you're a vegan, obviously, as you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, for instance, like, it's easy to, to kill a cow because it's a cow, right? Yeah. Would you kill a human the same way you kill a cow? Mm. No, because you don't put them on the same level. And I understand that from, from like a vegan aspect, most definitely, or like health benefits, and yeah. I get that. But for me, it's just like, we dehumanize humans to the point of we make them animals. So uh, it's easy to get rid of them. Same, we do that to the indigenous people, who lived in America before. Yeah, um, the word they, savages. They yeah, savage. savage. They're a savage nation. Yeah. No, they're not. They, they thrived perfectly. They did not need any help. But uh, I see a place I could come create a new land, I could come steal their land, and in the process they're going to fight, so let's wipe them out. Mm. Um, and same thing. So it's easy to, when you dehumanise people or make them appear uh, and regurgitate lies, and like you said, that's so dangerous with Donald Trump yeah. these days, is he's saying things that people really take to heart. And whether he believes them or not, I don't know, but he says them, and that's bad enough. I don't need to know if he really actually believes if all Mexicans are rapists. No, um, I think he comes off as dumb, but he, there's no way that guy's dumb. I think he's pandering to his... Elector, electorate, basically. Yeah, and I used to think that as well. Like, I think he's, he's pandering. I'm, I'm always on the, to be honest, I'm on the fence with this. Like, because he always said before he ran, he said, "If I ever run, this was a long time before he ran. I'm pretty sure it's almost verbatim the way he said this. If I ever run for president, I'll run as a Republican because they're dumber." See, I saw that. But I thought that someone said that that wasn't true. Like, I swear, like, I don't know. Debunked. Maybe it is. But anyway, either way, either way, it's, it's true. true. <laughs> but the thing is, like, he, I don't know. I'm always on the fence with this. Like. Does he actually believe the stuff that he's saying or does he just say it to pander to the people so he can regain his power and like stay in control? He just uh, flies uh, off the hip. Uh, he doesn't write the, scripts, the does he? The thing is as well, exactly. Like, the thing is, I came to the conclusion, like, it doesn't matter because whether you say it or not, mm. it's still repulsive. It's oh, still, of course. It still should be yeah. condemned. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I can't see the man's heart. I can't see the man's brain. I can just see what he's saying. I can yeah. see what he's doing. And that's bad enough for me. And mm. that's why also, I mean, like, we mentioned this in the car, a little bit about faith. I have a problem with Christians who back him. But, Which is like, really I, I, weird. I, I am a Christian. Yeah. Right. 
I follow a Jesus. It's really weird I though that he, Jesus. he has but such a big evangelical but, but following. The evangelical take back a few years, or a handful of years, in America, it was just a group of Christians. Same thing with Baptists. Right. But now it's became like a political front. Yeah. Like the evangelical right. And you've got people who are saying this is a man of God. Um, the easiest way to see if someone is a man of God, as the Bible describes, is A, open your Bible, and B, look at what he's doing. Mm. Look at what he's producing. And it's easy for me to be like, this is, there's nothing Christian about the guy. From what, a, from what the Bible says a Christian should be and what I think a Christian should be, it does not line up. Yeah. So it is crazy to me how people can say, you know, like... Uh, but yeah. that's, that's the thing as well. Like, there's the weird... Um, it's really strange. There's a weird, like, intersection in America with Christianity and patriotism. Yeah. And God bless America. And every time I hear that, God bless America, I always say, and nowhere else. Because that's what it sounds that's like to it me. It's like, God bless America. Yeah, the patriot... America. America first. And they've blurred the lines between, like, you cannot be a Christian and not support the military. You cannot be yeah. a Christian and not support Donald Trump. And it's just like, take back into the 60s, there were many, many, Martin Luther King is a classic example, progressive Christians. Mm-hmm. Helen Keller. There's plenty of progressive Christians who, you know, do not... You know, for me, for instance, like, do I support the military? No, I understand what they do, um, but why would I support going over to another country and bombing them? So you you understand, and I know that you would support the individuals. Yeah. Because the men and women believe they're doing the right thing. They believe it. But, and they are giving up but, their lives. And they are, and like freedom, obviously I hate the saying, freedom isn't free, but it is true. Like, yeah. someone has to fight for the freedom. There are... Life tyrannical um, dickheads in this world most definitely and uh, the american like I world, just, I just think team how, america world police I just think, you yeah, are that yeah <laughs> i just think that you know like being the police officers of the world uh, bombing people into oblivion and yeah. saying hey you can't actually come to this country after we destroyed yours yeah there's, that's, no, there's nothing okay with it no um you know i just don't think it's okay that's the military as a as a whole thing, yeah. isn't it? That's not the men and women no, fighting. Exactly. Yeah, so that's like, what I mean. Know, if if I don't, I have no beef whatsoever. I've got good friends who are in the military. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the decision they made. Yeah. I would not make that decision because I don't like the outcome uh, and like the product of yeah of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I understand the importance of it. It's just how you go about doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing as well. So back to like the patriotism thing is like patriotism and christianity there is no correlation no it's that's why that's why it's so confusing and to so me to people see. have like blurred these lines and it's just like it's, it's an anti-immigration it's, yeah it's weird to me like you could not hate someone else and claim to love god like it's impossible mm-hmm. if, if if you believe god is real and we talk about christianity specifically um if you believe god is real you cannot hate someone else and claim to love God because you have hate in your heart. It's simple. Yeah. You, you, you can't do it. But somehow, somewhere, someone has said, this is okay. It's okay to hate brown people. It's okay to hate black people. Um, it's, okay to hate, it's, okay, it's okay to hate anyone. But you can still go to church on a Sunday and be like, I love God. And it's just like, for me, it's just like a hard thing to digest. I see it constantly. And that line should never have been blurred. And it has been. Um, so that's why I say like the evangelicals, it's not just like a denomination, it really is a part of society, like a big chunk of society who, who back him, support him, they believe everything that he says. It's weird. And it is very, very, very strange. It's for, especially for me, the anti-immigration and the sort of homophobia and Islamophobia, yeah. those things aren't in the Bible. In, in, in that you can't like you said you, it's, 
you're not supposed to hate people. No. Like, <laughs> I, I think about Jesus, for instance. Like, There's a classic example. Um, and, uh, you know, he broke down barriers, spoke to people who shouldn't do it. As a Jewish guy, speaks to Samaritan women, hangs out with tax collectors, uh, hangs out with thieves, hangs out with everyone that you would probably turn your nose up today and be like, oh, I can't hang out with you. Yeah. And it's not like he said, what you're doing is okay, but he said, I'm going to love you anyway. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, if, if America really is this Christian nation that we, we brag about... And it's say, supposed to be free of religion, though. Uh, yeah, but people, people always say America's, in America is a Christian nation. But like, it, Yeah, they do, but it wasn't supposed to no. be. It was supposed to get away from... It was supposed to be religious freedom. Uh, religious and freedom. And that doesn't mean... And that actually, I don't think, meant... It means freedom to practice your own religion because... Without, it, like, hindrance. But it also means freedom from religion, if you want. Yeah, which... But God is on your money. Yeah, God is in what we <laughs> trust. It's uh, yeah. God bless America. So yeah. it is, like... I always think about that as well. And they say it's a Christian nation, but again, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. the best way to judge someone is to see what they're producing. It's hard It's Christian me, by name. Exactly. Not, not by action. Exactly. And it's hard for me to look at these founding fathers and be like, yeah, these are some good Christian men. Yeah, they own slaves and... So, like, yeah, you wiped out close to 100 million native people and enslaved, you know, four to 10 million others to build your country. Yeah. Um, not exactly Christ-like. No. And that's, that's my big issue, you know, it's just, it's like what we're doing and what we're saying. And it's like you said earlier, most powerful nation on earth. People look at America and see, okay, like, this is how we should be living. And in this current state, day and age, it's not a good example. Not no. a good global example whatsoever. I mean, the good, the best example of evidence that it's not a particularly good example is that developing nations don't do it that way. Yeah. India yeah. isn't doing it that way. China isn't doing it that way. China's doing it their own way. Like we mentioned before about like Scandinavian countries. Yeah, they're not doing it that way. They're not, they're not following America's pattern. No. Um, the, what's there to follow? Yeah, I mean, the fact that there are pictures of segregation in that way like no coloreds allowed or different water colored fountains, yeah. different water fountains for colored, what they call colored people. Colored, yeah. Although, I mean, I'm not, we all have a color. Every, yeah. every white person's a different color than each yeah. other too. The crazy thing about race is, it, if you study a little bit of genetics, the difference between the, the bits of our DNA that make your skin color darker than my skin color is less of a difference than the difference you have with your own mother or your own brother. Correct. Like the difference that makes you black and me white of the actual skin color difference is nothing. There is so much more different between us and so much more similar about, you know, that we share in our genetics than our skin color. It's insane. Race is kind of a construct. It's basically about somewhere in your past, someone had more access to vitamin D. Yeah, that's and, what it and means. The other thing is, well, like, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I was reading an article, or like, actually, it was like a, it was a thread on Twitter, and it was talking about it's by a woman called Catherine Ross, right? And she um, talks about how like socially constructed does not necessarily mean fake. So people hear no. like race is socially constructed, no. so they they just get rid of it and say, oh well, therefore it. You know, it's not real. Like race is. Well, I mean, it is. We can see it is. And that's the thing. Is like, and she said, uh, you know, quote, race is a social construct. You know, saying that is just the political correct yeah. way of saying I don't see color. Right. Yeah. Like, race is just virtue signaling. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't see color, 
like here's the thing like I always tell people oh, I don't see colour well if you don't see colour you don't see me right yeah. and there's someone who says the you know progressive or oh, I'm not racist like you better see colour because if you don't see me you're not seeing the problems that will affect me you're not seeing the culture that I have you're not you're just you're not seeing anything but only the people that you want to see. It's kind of worded wrong, isn't it? What what they mean when when people say I oh, I don't see race or I don't see color, what they mean is I I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care yeah. if you're from wherever. It, I, I really don't care. I see you. I know who you are. You know the color of your skin is part of that, but it doesn't matter. You know, and she yeah, going back to Catherine Ross, she says it's rather popular to suggest that a social construct is something without consequential reference. Something that, by definition, can be changed on a whim, like a child playing pretend. Right. right she goes on to say, like, this is false. Like, religion is socially con- social construct. Religion is not false. Like, you mm-hmm. can see it. Like, a church, you don't just go to, like, a, a table and say, this table is a church now. Yeah. No, a table is a table. Uh, you know, like these yeah. things are like they're social it's constructs. Not, it's not a construct. But there are definitely fruits of that. Like, for instance, yeah. It means gender is also not just a social construct. Yeah, and ex- exactly. And people talking it's about. It's a little bit more complicated. It's ex- Well, yeah, exactly. And that's something people think about that all the time. And like, oh, it's just a social construct. It's not real. I'm like. Mm, uh, it's more complicated. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Th- that's just an easy way to get out of the discussion, I feel like. And like for me, obviously, um, race plays a huge part in my life every day. And mm. so for you to say like, oh, that's, you know, it's not necessarily real. But so all the things that have happened to me in my life based on my skin color, being called the N word. Most recently checked on Medium today. I never check Medium, never check the comments, check the comments. And some guy on there uh, called me a fucking nigger and said I should die. Is that fake? Like, just, mm. did I just make that's that, not a construct did, did I just make that up in my own head that's not a construct um, that you know dis- dis- really discriminating against people based on their gender it, yeah it's it, a real it, thing is that is that just oh like I'm a woman I'm going to pay you less I'm going to treat you differently I'm going to speak to you any way I want um, that's just well that's just fake but it doesn't happen yeah, no, so it's just it, that's the thing it's silly there are real ramifications to this um, yeah if it has an effect in the real world it's real Exactly, but in today's day and age, it's so weird because we've got people who will um, argue with facts, right? People, people argue. Fake news. Th- yeah, fake news. Fake news. Or conspiracy news. theorists. Uh, and, you know, people argue with facts, and I don't know how or where we got to where we are in Britain and here. And for me, it's just like the sun is hot, right? If you come to me, Alex, and say the sun's not that hot, right? That's it. Conversation over. I'm not conversing with you. And like we said on the way up here... Flat Earth. Exactly. Like we said on the (laughs) way up here, just talking about how in today's day and age, people have this almost obligation that they need to reply to everything. Yeah. Yeah, Here's a bit of free advice. If someone is arguing with you in your mentions or on Facebook or text you or even in person and you claim a fact, which is a universal truth, which means it's proven to be true, it cannot be incorrect, and someone is saying that is not true, don't engage with them. It would be a tiring, nonsensical, revolving door of a conversation. And it's just not worth it. The problem is, though, and you see this with the extremes at both ends, so the extreme right and the extreme left. The extreme right has always been that. They're very honest in their hate. Oh, they're open. They're open. They're very honest in their racism and their hate and what their goals are. 
their goals are to repatriate white people and send everybody home, whatever that means. Um, like African Americans home, which is a term that I have an issue with. We'll talk about yeah. that in a bit. But so they're very open, but the the super radical left is a little bit more concealed in what in their crazy stuff mm-hmm. that they want to do. Uh, and their problem is that they consider that shutting down of a conversation a win. So they are protesting. Now, you can protest far-right speakers. Please do that. Please continue to do that. That's always happened. Protest far-right speakers. But shutting them down actually gives them more power. Yeah. Refusing to let them speak. And or creating a security risk at Berkeley where you caused $400,000 of damage yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, I would, yeah, like, like for me personally, I'm not probably going to engage in those people. And yeah. just because I don't engage with you personally doesn't mean I'm not speaking out against what you are doing. No, you know but I mean? speaking out is fine. You know but I mean? the issue is if you're supporting... So let's take gender studies, for example. Yeah. If you're supporting science in terms of climate change science okay. and the method of peer-reviewed journals and, and the way academia works and how science works, you're accepting that for climate change. But when the evidence tells you the same thing about gender, you say transphobic we don't believe that those people are alt-right but the climate change people we believe the way they do science but we don't the way believe the way these people do science so you accept all of it or you accept none of it you can't cherry pick because that is done with the same scientific method the gender studies bit you know there is a biological difference between males and females at birth and there is people uh, it's chromosomal I think about that as well that is I actually never thought about that uh, like in the way that it's like cherry picking it is true like how the two, um, like it, two, the two extremes, vegans do it. The two extremes <laughs> on like the left and right, mm-hmm. and just how they view, um, like certain, like you said, yeah, like for instance, you mentioned flat Earth. Yeah. <laughs> flat yeah. Earth. And just because it's if, hilarious if, to if, me. If you say to someone like that's not true, and like, I, I do get what you're saying, like that is, uh, like it gives them more, almost like more power. Like oh, no, that's one person. But like I guess for me, like I said, I well, they to, think that they like, they come back to what you were saying with woke. Yeah. They think, oh, this person's asleep. Yeah. And like the they th- don't know. Yeah. Check it out, man. Look, there's a documentary on YouTube. YouTube? I'm reading real journals and you're telling me to look on YouTube. The thing with that... Oh, gosh, you mentioned woke. Uh, <laughs> the thing with that is... Uh, the whole woke thing is just... Like... I just hate it. I've it's you. a silly I term, it. isn't it? I hate it? the term on woke because... First of all, the people who, who say, like, oh, I'm woke, I'm woke, I'm woke... They are often the same people who are absolutely shredding um, people who are quote unquote not woke when they used to be quote unquote not woke. So it's just like it's like a revolving door of of like. If you were really awake, you'd be nice, like a Buddhist. Yeah, exactly, like, I, I <laughs> like would, an awakened I, I, Buddhist. I would say to you, for instance, so like my area of specialty, I guess, would be like race, right? Obviously, there's intersections with race, like yeah. race, class, gender, but specifically race. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things that I deal with, write about, speak about read about like that's my passion right? yeah um, and obviously you could, like I said you can't look at that without seeing other intersections in it of course but people you know if I want someone to get my viewpoint or to see my viewpoint first of all I'm going to lay the lay the evidence out but then second of all like yelling at them screaming you're fake woke or you're not woke or like you're an idiot because you believe when I used to believe the same things or, or maybe not even believe them just, just not be informed on that yeah like before I took my um I've got a major in criminal justice and criminology. Before I took my first class, I really had no idea as an 18-year-old how the American justice system 
worked. Mm -hmm. I had no idea because I didn't have to take it in high school. And in England, of course, you're not going to learn about it. Yeah. Except the bad things like movies and shit. Yeah. So I've seen movies and do that, but I didn't really understand how it worked. I didn't understand how flawed it was. So by definition, I wasn't woke, right? But does that mean that I didn't care? You know, no, not at all. It means, so it it means knowledgeable. Exactly. And that's thing, I didn't have the knowledge on it. But that means we need discourse. We don't need the left, we don't need the left refusing, like the way to beat a bad idea is with a better idea. Yeah. Not by shitting up the bad idea. Think about that, like we both play basketball our whole lives. Think about that, like if someone says, I think we should do this and you just yell over it. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to work. Like, no, it's just anything. Like if you explain your side, because now you look like the loon, exactly. and that's the problem. The super, the super far left now looks crazy, and they used to be the nice liberals. Used to be the nice people, yep. caring for everybody, being nice. Now they're the people that punch. And that's the thing is, if, if, like you said, it's just like discourse. Um, there are, for me, there are definitely certain opinions that are not opinions. Like if you think um, that I shouldn't exist, then. Um, yeah, that's a bad then, idea. Yeah, that's that's not really an opinion I need to hear. But but that's but you don't have to pay attention to that. they but they're it's their right to say it. Yeah. If oh, they want to stand at a platform, stand on their soapbox. You can say that, but for me, it's and just say like, it, I and don't, you don't have to listen. I don't have to listen to it. And if you're saying that to me in person or online, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to no. entertain it. And one of the greatest. Uh, that's like, the difference with online, isn't it? In person, I don't have to go to a far right rally to hear it because. I don't want to hear exactly. them talk. Online, like we mentioned before, online gives people, and like the guy who, who called me the N-word this morning. I'm You're kind of stuck. You have to pay attention to him. I, unless you ignore I had to check my notifications because um, my phone kept going off. Yeah. So I checked him and I saw it, right? However, I have the option to not reply to it. What, what, is, what is me going to reply to him? What's that going to do? It's not going to do anything. No. So like online, we, we have the option of not replying to everything. You could just put thanks for reading. Yeah, I've done that before. But then <laughs> it's, a waste, it's a waste of yeah, my, my words. But anyway, it's petty, isn't anyway, it? Back, to, back to about like hearing yeah, other sorry, people's opinions or whatever. Uh, Son of Baldwin on Twitter, this is one of the greatest quotes ever. People always attribute it to other people, but he created it. Right. And it says, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. And I think about that. I have friends who are conservatives. I yeah, have, I, I, have, I have friends yeah. who uh, are moderately conservative, but they don't deny me of my humanity no. or my right to exist peacefully. If you believe that trickle-down economics works, okay, fine. But if you're actively in there, you know, taking away... Um, actually, that's a poor example because trickle-down economics doesn't work. So <laughs> if, if you're, I don't know, like think about voting for a moderately conservative person, yeah. right? Um, okay, sound. If you're going to go vote for you know a grand wizard of the KKK, we're probably not friends. No. Um, and that's the thing. But on the left side of it as well, we've got that where um, we've got a lot of people who are on the progressive side or liberal side, I guess, in American politics, who are still just out of touch as the right, um, out of touch on issues, out of touch on what young people want. And it's just like, again... Like some of them are young people that are out of touch. And some of them are young people out of touch with everything else, definitely. But I always think about that as well, just like, we can agree to disagree, which I don't like that term, but like, we can still remain friends, is how I think about it. Yeah, it's free speech. And it's just like, we don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to hold the same opinion And that's the thing about that anything. Makes, I always think like that's the thing that makes um, society like great, is the fact that, 
we are all different. That's the argument behind, you know, the... I would be bored out of my mind if everyone thought like me. Yeah, it would be shit. It would be boring, you wouldn't, wouldn't be able it? to have a conversation. Like, just, I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. Like, it would be boring. So that's how I think about it. I always refer back to that. It's just like like a good reminder of like where I like am or where I like sit on issues. Because, you know, Facebook and things like online, people say whatever they want. Yeah. We're in person. Um, and it's just like, you know, I don't know, I don't think, speaking about Trump, I've lost any friends because they voted for Donald Trump. Right? I don't think yeah. I have. I might have friends who vote for him, but if they're sorry, they've hit that. Fair enough, good job. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but like, if someone is actively now, say, like supporting him, and with all the stuff that's going on from Russia all the way down to his racist, sexist, misogynistic yeah. comments, and all this stuff, like, you know, it's probably not a good chance that we, you know, we are friends. Um, but again, you're denying people the right to exist, which is, you know, that's a constitutional, you know, that's a right, that's a bill of rights. It's like the we have the freedom and the peace to live, um, but if you're voting and doing things or you're involved with organisations that are not doing that, it's like it's hypocritical, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty hypocritical. Yeah. But it's in America at the minute, it seems very much teams. There's the left is a team, the right is a team, and there's, there's very little middle ground. I wish that... But it's, I think this is... You may agree with this, you may not, um, but I think... American is a religion. Oh. I think America is a religion. Like a lot of Americans don't understand that every single country has a constitution. Yeah. So you, you talk Americans will talk about the constitution like it's this magical document that solved politics of the world. Everyone has a constitution. Yeah. And uh, how this the whatever let's just use the second amendment as an example. Yeah. The second amendment can't be can't be changed. It's called an amendment. Yeah, that's what I always say. <laughs> amendment means to change. It means we, you can get rid of any of those. Good. You can change, you can add them. They're amendments. But that's the thing. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Like, Americanism is definitely a... a I think it is. It's, it's, I, I would say so. If and the president, as you said, is that head of that, is that figurehead. Americanism, you know, there's a good quote, talks about... Uh, it's uh, Malcolm X talks about how he says, I'm not American. I'm a product of Americanism. Like, right. Don't call me African American because I'm not American. Yeah, that's that was I was going to mention that that I don't know if I like that term because we don't say Irish American, German American, Polish American for white people. They're just white. Yeah. So it's not whites and African Americans, is it? It should be white people and black people. For me, like people always ask that, like Mark, how can I describe you? Like, should I say you're African American? Should I say you're black? And I just say say I'm black. Yeah. Are you sure? Like, oh yeah, people. Honestly, like, I, I in this country, black I, people are called black people. In old, America, there's African American. I had an old girlfriend, right? She uh, was telling a friend about me, and a friend was like, "Is he black?" And whispered, black. "Yeah, that's like, I see that a lot. That's like, hilarious." Yeah, like, like so, wait, he's black. People just like, yeah, you can say it. Like, I'm not going to use a name. Yeah. Like, you can say it. Like, that's what I am. And for me, since obviously like, I grew up here in England, lived in America for the last ten years, I say I'm black. When I lived here, I said I was black. Mm. Because I look at myself in the mirror and people always bring this up. Well, you, you are half white, you are half white. And I always break it down to them and say, on an elective level, probably not even, yeah, sure, my mum is white, my dad is black. However, I identify as black. That is no, there is no disrespect whatsoever to my mum. No. Um, no shade to her. She does not feel offended that I say I'm black. Because if you look at me, Alex, yeah, you are you are darker. I would assume. Yeah, I would assume you'd have two black parents. If I walked down the street and you said, you know, 
Or for instance, I use this example with one of my friends at my old work. He's like, you're half white anyway, so why do these issues bother you? I'm like, mate, do I look white? For instance, if I'm pulled over by the police, how are they going to describe me? If I'm in a courtroom, how are they going to sentence me? On my applications for jobs, if I put I'm a white man and I walk in, they're going to be like, this is not... But that, that logic, you're, you're half white, why does it bother you? I'm completely white and it bothers me. It, that's the thing as well. Like, I, that's I, the second half. Yeah. It's like, even if I was purple... Yeah. Like, these issues would still bother me. Maybe not on the same, like, personal level, because I couldn't experience those things. Yeah. But... You can be just as mad. You can be... You can be upset. Like, I was yeah. just... And so I was just baffled by that question. Yeah, it's and, weird. And, um, you know, you asked before we started, like, did my mum ever get grief? Yeah, did she get... Yeah. I'm sure she most did. Most definitely. But here's the funny thing about my mum. My mum grew up in Papua New Guinea. Right? Oh, right, okay. So she has been surrounded by black people most of her life. Yeah. And she always tells me... Um, especially when we're younger, um, people were going to not like you for how you look, right? Yeah. But I made a decision to marry your dad. I knew she knew what she was doing. My mum's yeah. not an idiot. She knew yeah. exactly what yeah. she was doing. And she, unfortunately, she's lost family members over it. People refused to yeah, speak to crazy. my mum. Uh, these are Christian women who refused to speak to my mum because she married a black guy. Um, refused to speak to her. Some of my mum's aunts, and they don't want anything to do with her. Means they don't want anything to do with me or my siblings, even though I think if they met us, they, they would truly appreciate us. Yeah. And you know, like, um, my mum's parents were hesitant when they heard my dad was black. But the second they met him, it was like, man. And you know my dad. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know my dad. Um, yeah. No, no worries whatsoever. They were like, <laughs> and they told my mum, hey, some of the family members are going to have a problem with this, but if this is what you want to do, we back it. Yeah. Right, we back it, and so my mum always told me, "I'm more comfortable in a room full of black people than I am white." Right, which is crazy, and you know, people probably think she's lying, but you know, no, she, I she tells me she way. tells me that all the time. It's just like um, when my family lived in in Utah, predominantly white. She hated it. I was telling my friend yesterday. I get we were in Litchfield, which is I, I was walking around the streets and I saw one guy that wasn't white. Yeah, and he was packing up Subway so he was a boss man he was working at the shop yeah and I get I was trying to explain how I get I feel nervous when it's all like old white people yeah man like, them little villages I feel weird no imagine how I feel yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> that's, like that's a really I feel thing. awkward and I'm a white guy right it's it's mad because like um, well, I mean yeah it's weird because like tattoos out I'm tall yeah, and all that exactly. stuff but that's not why I feel but, weird. I feel weird because I'm because it's all white people. Yeah, well, let me awkward. finish up my mum real quick. Yeah, go like, on. She feels more comfortable with a room full of black people. When they lived in Utah, massively white Mormon state. Yeah. She did not like it. Now they live in California, just out of San Francisco. Perfect blend of, you know, different ethnicities, and she loves it. She's like, I never want to move. Right, this is my mum, a white lady. And it's not because she's like some culture vulture. It's not because, you yeah. know, my mum as well. Yeah. It's not because she... You know, think she's black or whatever. She just has experience from the time she was four years old of being surrounded by black people. So when she comes back to the Midwest in America, which is very racist, um, it's awkward. She's just like, this is kind of weird because yeah. I know that these people are not who you say they are. And to this day, like we have conversations, we talk, I vent to her a lot, and she just sits there and she's like, I'm always amazed, like when we have these conversations, because I just need to learn so much more. But she's actively doing something. Right, she's having these discussions, she's learning, she's doing things. And like for you, like you used to say, uh, you're uncomfortable 
in like white, it feels weird white old white I spaces. I don't know why. It feels weird. To Mate, me. I feel weird. It was yeah. The other day, we were walking in London, walking around the shop. Everyone in there's white. And I, you know, and it's it's funny because white people don't have to think about that. But I've been followed around stores before. Like, what are you doing here? Like, can I check your receipt? I'm like, you didn't check his receipt. And I know what it's about. And it's just like it's almost the norm. That's what it needs to be delicately explained to people that aren't sure what white privilege is. Because the reason people get super defensive is because basically if 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 I want to transcend, if I'm poor, if I'm working class, I can have a shave and wear a nice suit and pretend to be upper class. I can transcend classes just by the way I look. Yeah. I can have a nice fitted suit, whatever. But let's go back to the to the fifties and do that. I can still do that because I'm a white man. Correct. You couldn't do that. Correct. You could haircut, all trim, face, shave, everything, nice, beautiful suit. You're still Colored. considered, you know, bottom. Yeah. And that's you really couldn't like- pretend to be Whatever. There are so many... Privilege means you can pretend. Exactly. There are so many great articles. Uh, one of the best ones is like, it's on Huffington Post and mm-hmm. talks about explaining white privilege to broke, to broke white people. Yeah. Because that's, like you said, that's, the people, that's a common one. It's like, well, I have... Like, I've not had any like, privilege. privilege. And they're right in they, that sense. They think about privilege as in like a monetary value. Yeah, but it's not. Um, but it's not monetary. It's societal, political, economic yeah. gains. Where Those you, broke you, people could pretend not to be broke you and no have, one would you notice. You have a... Um, you know, you've got an advantage, for lack of better terms, based on your skin color. Because mm-hmm. if I were in the same position as you, as a poor black guy and you were a poor white guy, uh, statistically, and um, you know, based on the research that is available, you would still have a better access to a job, right? Yeah. You would still have uh, a longer life expectancy. You would still average and make more money. Uh, and a classic example of this is the wealth inequality in America. Um, white high school dropouts still acquire more wealth in their lifetime than black college graduates. Which is ridiculous. You know, and that is like a classic of like institutional racism. And just, um, that is just a classic example though of like, you are still, even though you are poor, like mm. society still favors you on a societal, political and economic, definitely economic uh, status. And that's the thing, like, a lot of people do get defensive about it. Yeah. Um, and like you said before uh, about, hey, you know, white boy, like it's a defense, defensive. Yeah, that, you have to understand uh, and you have to not get defensive. And that's what uh, René Edelogy's book, that's yeah, why I liked it. Exactly. Uh, why I won't talk to white people about race, because it brings that history in. And then it says, you know, I'm not, the reason it's called why I won't, and she says this in an interview, the, the reason it's called why I won't talk to white people about race is because I'm not talking to you until you've read it. Yeah. Like, and if you want are, to know what I think, read this, people, and then we can talk. Because are, if you read this, it will change your opinion real quick. People are so quick to... You know, I've read a few articles on Medium. The title the, makes t- them t- sensitive. Dear white people. People are like, oh, Oh, they got no. so sensitive, I yeah. I am not... And I know... But it's like, I how know, does it know, feel I, to be identified know, by your race? Half, I know half of the comments, exactly. I know half of the comments on there are from people who didn't read it. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with the N-word. 
well, guess what? I'm not speaking to you, Brian. Yeah. You know, and like, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. with you as well. Like you, like you said, it's just like, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. And, Relax. And how does it... Read and it. that's the thing, exactly. And I, if you read it, you'll have a sound understanding of what I'm talking about. If you were to read the embedded links in there or the, the hyperlinks in there, you will have a sound understanding of where I'm coming from. And I talk about like why I, dear white people, this is why I speak on race. I speak on race because it intersects and it operates in my life daily. If you read it and still have a difference of opinion, that's great. Okay, great. Let's have a conversation. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. I always thank those people who do respond positively. Or ask like, you a question. Even, like, what about this, though? Yeah, you thought about even, that? Not even or? positively. Like, it's just like respectfully. Yeah. There is a way to disagree with someone respectfully. Yeah. And I had a lady recently, today actually, replied to her. She, asked, she posed the question of um, talking about the N-word. Her example was her mum is a teacher mm. and her son, so like the lady's grandchildren are biracial, so that's black. And her mum used the example of, in a class one day, there was a kid in there, a black kid in there, who kept using the N-word out loud, right? So she said, hey, this is not appropriate to say nigger in my classroom, mm -hmm. and you need to go stand outside. So she said the N-word in full. And in a different context. The, the lady's, yeah, uh, biracial children, they threw a fit about it, and she said to me, no, what about this? Like, what do you think about this? Uh, and said, my children, I think they were just being jerks about it. And I replied back and said, hey, uh, in that instance, what I would have done... He said it, the N-word. Honestly, I probably would have said, exactly, say the N-word instead of saying it in full. But that's fascinating to me, that word, because I don't personally like it because of the, the, the history behind that word and what that word is used to do. Yeah. Because it means idiot. It means uneducated, oh, worthless it's piece it's of shit. It's associated with death. It's awful. And... From the whole history of slavery, it's associated with all the death and, and enslavement of, of race. But it's like, uh, it's the only word that even if you just said, without saying the word, if I just said the N-word, people get yeah, well, tense. Well, let me finish the story. Do you know what I mean? We'll get to that. It's the only word like that. And so she says... Uh, she said the N-word in full and she asked me what do yeah. you think about this like, and I said education is a slippery slope like it is a slippery slope in that in a historical context you know if you're reading a book um, that was written in that time period and it has it okay I get that however on the flip side of that if you just say the N-word like the N-word is not appropriate in my classroom mm -hmm. everyone knows what it is yeah we know everyone knows what it is so it's just like you might have to take into account that you are working with black children and yeah, your children yeah. are biracial or they may not identify as black and I said to her I can't tell you if your children are being jerks I don't know them um, but maybe ask them why they're upset but that is the easiest way like ask them you know you can ask me and you ask me my opinion I said the N-word would have just been fine mm -hmm. you know without saying it in full um, because you need to be respectful of the people in the classroom who may yeah, get offended by it. You should just ask. And that's it, you know, because you, like you said, if you say it, everyone's, Everyone well, gets everyone's a little attention, bit everyone's like, okay. Tense. But people say, well, why can't I say it? Or why can't I say the N-word? I'm like, just don't say it. And I always, <laughs> just I, don't. I saw, I saw a great... It great doesn't matter why, just don't. Someone was like, why can't I say the N-word? And someone said, you don't even need to ask that question because you typed out the N-word instead of spelling it out. Yeah. Like you said the N-word instead of... So you know why you can't like, say you it. You know why you can't say it. You just want to either be an idiot or... And that's the thing as well. Like, I always think about this. Plus, like, my I, question I, is, what do you want to say it for? It, so you can sing along with lyrics? I don't know, but I always think about Just this. replace it with bitch or I, something. I grew up in a household with you know, my brothers. Yeah. We love hip-hop, man. Mm -hmm. like, love hip-hop. Every other word. I would word. never in my life sing Eminem lyrics to like Just Lose It or like The Real Slim Shady to my mum or to my dad. 
Right. Never. Right. I could rap it out loud, and which I would. I mean, you know, rap it out loud, sing along. But those swear words, I would jump over them as a little kid. Now I don't really care. But like, as a little kid, I would, I would mute myself. I wouldn't say them. When it comes to white people at a concert, why? Are you yeah. Why do they do that? Why that are you screaming? It? Like, here's the thing for me as well. Like, if we can, in society, refrain from using the word retard to describe someone as an idiot, or refrain from saying, ah, you're gay, mm-hmm. as being an idiot, or being yeah. stupid, you can refrain yourself from saying the N-word. You just, yeah, but it's the concert thing. Like. Like, that's the thing, but I mean, a lot, of, a lot of white people, obviously not all, a lot of them, uh, they're not used to ever being limited in what they can say or do, because for I the longest time in society, they were always allowed to do what they wanted. I've never, like, I'll be alone in the car and I don't say it. You're crazy. I don't say it, I just, but it becomes a skill. Like I just gloss over it, yeah. or I replace it with someone else, and or just I just airtime. You've got your son is biracial, right? Mixed, yeah. So your son's yeah. mixed. Um, if he were to say the N word, right? I guess he's allowed, right? He's got the card. Yeah, right. His mum's but, black. But he's allowed. Exactly, and people always say, "Well, my friend's black," or like, whatever. Like, I can, and I'm yeah. just like, you know, even those people who you live in a society where, or like, you you might have a odd white guy or whatever who lives. Uh, in a in a hood, predominantly black, and he says the N word around his black friends. Your black friends are an idiot. Uh, yeah, no, that's just right. what. I, <laughs> yeah, well, no. My black friends that use it, well, they're an idiot. Um, that's my opinion. I don't. I don't you know, use it. I've been called it. Yeah. By black friends, yeah. as a, it's a term of endearment. Yeah. Between. But I'm not yeah. going to say it. And that's the thing, like. I, Bec- I, I, but it is a term of endearment. That's like saying he's white, but he's cool. Yeah. That's exactly. the same thing. I it's like. I won't he's get into it fine. too much because you could read it if you typed in on Medium.com. Here's a shameless plug for you. Yeah. Uh, dear white <laughs> I've people, read it. you have a I've weird read obsession it, yeah. about the N-word by Marcus Donaldson. Yeah. You'll see it. So I don't really need to go into it too much because I'll be repeating myself. But But I would also say, I would also plug to go and read that because I've read that <laughs> and it's very that. good. But that's the thing as well. Like, I think about that because that is a word that I use, right? Yeah. I do not call my white friends the N-word. I do not call my Hispanic friends the N-word or no. my Asian friends the N-word. And that's your choice N-word. to do that. I do not do that, right? Um, because... First of all, I don't think that if you are not black, you should be using it, right? No. So why would I use it for someone else and say, here, let me do this, let me call you this, and they'll get, they'll get comfortable with it, and one day it might slip out. If, right? But then I say those people are stupid. Yeah. And, I'm never going to get comfortable and, with that and, word. And I think that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, gonna I say think it. that is part of it. It's like, that's kind of stupid on your part, but it's also stupid on my part for allowing it to happen. Mm. So if I could just, I use it in my black circles, that's it. Right? I, might, I might say it every now and then when I'm not surrounded by black people, but I'm always talking about a black person. I would never probably call one of my white friends. What's up, nigga? Like to me, it's just it's just kind of silly because first of all, you you're not one. Like, no, you're not. Like you're just not. So it, it, I say man or bro it, at the end of the sentence, and it's, and it's the same thing. And again, you, it serves the same purpose. Can, I don't. You don't need that word. You can censor you yourself, it. and that's yeah. the thing. And and that's a decision that I, I in my art course said like that is a decision for black people to have for themselves. There you go. That is a discussion within the black community that they can have or don't have to have. It's, it's up to them. You use it at your discretion. However, if you're not white, you know, you use it to a lot of black people that is violently it's racist offensive, yeah. and offensive. And I see it all the time. You see people, I watched one most recently, guy calls another guy, he's cussing him out, uses the N-word, and he punches him and he falls onto a train track, right? <laughs> this white guy gets get punched onto a train track. And, you know, everyone's like, yikes, like, that's a bit excessive. I'm like, you used violently racist language. Please do not be surprised when someone reacts violently. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying like... It's just unfortunate it was near a train track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did he mean to punch him onto a track? No. No. And, um, you know, it happened to me. It happened to me all the time. Moving to Colorado, uh, there was like six black people in my high school and three of them were my brothers. So... Um, you know, so that doesn't count. So there's three people yeah, in so your three high school. school. Yeah. And people say, you used to use it against me all the time in basketball games. All the time. Yeah. Use it. Use it. I've played in use games it. when people have used it use offensively. It. Use it. And um, inflatable bananas and, I've and, witnessed. And I would, I would tell the ref, you know, and one time we did have a black ref and he said, if I hear it again, you would not play high school again to this other kid. Fair enough. But I told my teammates I told, and people knew it happened. And only one time did I see anyone ever stand up for it and say, get in the other guy's face and do something about it. And that was it. And it happened to Tim, my older brother. Yeah. And our, one of our point guards is a white guy, got in the other kid's face and cussed him out. It was the only time. But I know it happened all the time because I was there. Like, it was me involved and no one did anything. When um, Donald Sterling got in trouble with the Clippers, Yeah. I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast. Mm. And one of the episodes he had Chris Paul on and Jamal Crawford another one and both of those mentioned that when the Donald Sterling thing happened the angriest person was JJ Riddick oh, because now you've potentially made his teammates awkward with him yeah you've now you could potentially have ruined and it, it Chris Paul and, J, and Jamal Crawford were very clear in saying you know it, it didn't you yeah. know we know you JJ like we love you it's fine um but he was like you've potentially made them now distrust all white people yeah. because you're a cunt and you have to say these horrible things. Facts. I, I've got a question for you. Speaking about like my, obviously you don't know many like white Colorado high schoolers, but you're no. a white guy. You yeah. poop. Why do you think it is that no one said anything? Like people heard it. I know people heard it because we're on the same basketball court. Like I had one person stick up for my brother. The the one black ref stuck up for me, but. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? I don't know because me personally, if I hear anyone say anything about one of my teammates, I stand up. I'll be the enforcer. I'm perfectly happy to do that. But I don't know why. I played high school for three years. Uh, I don't know why no one would say anything. But like, I, I, I guess like, so, I guess I guess I answer my own question in the sense that because it would be far easier for your white teammate to not attack physically, but to to confront the white opponent who is saying racist yeah, because things. What the, one, the one time because I they did, can say, don't, the you don't time, fucking say that word. The one you? time that I did say something, um, the guy complained to the ref. So he, he, he was violently racist towards me, using that language, and then he plays the victim card. How you can be a racist basketball player, I don't understand either. I don't get that, but I mean, it happened to Sid before. If you're a white player, especially when you get to like the pro level, you're in like 5%. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think also part of the reason why no one did anything is because it was a predominantly white space. Yeah, and I am the the sore thumb, or I was mm. the sore thumb at the high school. Everyone knew who I was, black British guy. To me, it's just as it's um, not just as bad, but it's close to as bad to do nothing. Well, I always yeah, it's accepting it as as it, to as to say it. And you know, I and I I really don't speak to anyone from high school anymore. Not because of that, just because but just moved on, moved stage. You know, travelled, just, yeah. just got out of got out of a, out of a state. Um, but I just think about it being like it was predominantly white, and maybe maybe my friends or my teammates they didn't hear it. That could, Perhaps, that could yeah. be an option. But I, I just think about that as well. Like I was like, why did that? Why did no one say anything? But you know, I guess at the end of the day as well, like I don't know what people. What would you have wanted them to do? 
See, that's another good question. Like, what? I mean, what? I don't expect you to fight him, but like at least, like you said, if if one of my teammates gets bullied, I'm over there. Doesn't matter who you are. Like we yeah. wear the same uniform. Like that sound. Like even if I don't like you off the court, on yeah. the court we're a family. What would I want you to do? Like the ref, he. You want him obviously. If yeah, you told the ref, the you'd ref, know what you want ref, him to do. He said, "You ever say that again? You want to play high school basketball?" So yeah. he would going to make an issue. That's after. what you want him to do. Um, That's but fine. But my teammates, you know, at least just like you could stick up for me, or you could have said something. Um, mm. And like, and they they knew they knew that happened because I told them, and they were like, "Oh, that sucks." Yeah, I mean, it does suck. But again, like I said, like, what can I do? If I punched him in the face, I get thrown out. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing as well. Like, he, he couldn't be surprised if I punched him. For no. instance, it's a good example. I was coaching once in Vegas with my older brother's AAU team, and we get getting worked. We get absolutely battered. Yeah, <laughs> and, it happens sometimes, uh, right? We had one player who was going off. He was killing. And a kid on the other team, they got in a little, you know, little, little scuffle. He called him the N-word, so he smacked him in the mouth, right? The player on my team, black guy on my team, smacked him in the mouth. And he's laying there, and everyone rushes over, like people on the stands rushing over. And um, he told the ref flat out, he called me a nigger. Right? And the parents in the stands, is a little small town outside of Vegas, technically. And they were like, you would never say that. He would never say that. Yeah, and I was like, he just thing. did. And they were over there, like, and the game got abandoned. Like, we couldn't play anymore. Mm. Um, and... The boys on the team, they were like, at the time, like 14, they had never heard language like that, ever. They did not know what to do. There was only three black guys on the team and they were outraged. The other kids weren't. But we used it as like a teaching point because I've been in that position before and you know, I always break up that fight. But we used it as a teaching point and we were just like, this will happen. Yeah. Like, this will happen. And if you guys hear it, you cannot sit back and just, oh, I expected to go in there and do a Royal Rumble and like tombstone someone but you need to stick up for your teammates because this is not right and this basketball club, we're not going to tolerate it. But they should know it's not um, right. Yeah, but you know... They shouldn't that's, have to be told. Well. Like, I think about that, but I think... I don't know if they necessarily didn't know it wasn't right. They just didn't know how to so, react, maybe. Yeah, so shocked by it. Yeah. Like, how many of those kids are probably little little kids from Utah? Like, yeah, they might like, not have never like, seen anyone call anybody. Probably not. Like There's that. not many black people in those in that, in that high school that they were from. Yeah. So I just think about that as well. Like, you know, he got smacked in the mouth. Will he say that word again? Probably not. But that team ended up getting kicked out of the tournament because he told him what happened and the guys that were not going to stand for it.